Welcome to Islamic Life Coach School Podcast. Apply tools that you learn in this podcast and your life will be unrecognizably successful. Now your host, Dr. Kamal Akhtar. Hello, hello, hello everyone. Peace and blessings be upon all of you. I'm super excited about today's podcast because the topic has completely changed my life. If you practice what I describe in this podcast, you'll cut down on the waste of so much mental and emotional energy. And inshallah, you'll have so much time left over that you wouldn't know what to do with it. (laughs) Now, some of you guys have told me that you listen to these podcasts over and over, which I highly encourage, because sometimes it takes more than one exposure to remember the material. I also highly recommend just writing things down that you learn here and integrate them in your daily routine. So I always emphasize to you guys the importance of recognizing emotions in your body. It is a process for everyone. Some people start this process and are able to do it. Others require more time. And there's no right or wrong. You do you when it comes to understanding the embodiment of all of your lived experiences. What you can do to make things easier for you is to recognize what is happening in your body and use the suggestions I make here. One very important concept I came across recently is personification of inanimate objects. Like if you're running a business, then personify that business as a person. What would that look like? If the business was a human, what would she wear? How tall would she be? What kind of body type? How healthy? Personify what she would be doing and how she would be walking, talking, living her life. Would she be confident? Would she be ill and unhealthy? This type of visualization helps the brain understand an otherwise very nebulous, vague idea into a very solid entity. And what that does is it helps us improve our relationship with that entity. So in this case, personification of the business will help you improve your relationship with your business. And as I teach it, relationship with anything outside of us, be it business or people or even our emotions, relationship with anything is our thoughts about it. In this case, we are strengthening our relationship with our emotions by imagining them to be a person. For some people, it's easier to identify your thoughts about a person than your thoughts about your experience. So if we give this vague item, this emotion, a meaning, a shape, a form, it becomes easier for our brain to direct its attention towards it and create solid thoughts about it. And then we can work on categorizing these thoughts and see if they're good or bad, high quality or low quality. And we can work on improving those thoughts if we need to. So if your relationship with anybody or anything is your thoughts about them, then it would make sense if you improve your thoughts, then it would improve the relationship. And this is universally true if you want to improve any relationship. It could be with your career, with your spouse, your own body, your work environment. The spouse doesn't have to change. The work environment doesn't have to change because all of these are circumstances. They are neutral by definition. They're outside of you. Anybody in that work environment or with the same spouse would experience them completely differently. So now when you elevate your thoughts about them, your relationship will improve. In this case, we are improving our relationship with our emotions. In this case, we are elevating our thoughts about our emotions after we personify them. So basically what I'm going to do here is apply this concept to an ambiguous yet very important idea that is our emotions. For me, this work came extremely handy when I was trying to understand the emotion of curiosity and how it would actually feel like in my body. I could not for the life of me understand what it would be like to just be curious about something, 
and what are the sensations related to that. I was completely detached from the sensations of curiosity in my body. And curiosity is an extremely important emotion. It is one of the purest form of emotions that a human being can feel. It is a language that is a part of human fitra, the primordial self. As humans, we are programmed to explore, to create, to ask questions, and to be curious. And to be able to capitalize on this emotion, it's important that we understand how we actually experience it. So what started for me as a journey of personification of curiosity, now I actually use for all of my emotions that I'm trying to clarify. If I come across an emotion that I think I can utilize, and I know through CTFAR that I can generate any emotion that I want, and to create a better understanding of it, I try to improve my relationship with it. And this is the method I'll teach you guys. Again, it'll be an easy, almost a stepwise process, so it's easier for you to write down and follow it the next time you're replicating it. And I will use emotion of a curiosity as an example, but you're welcome to use it with any other emotion, especially if you're having difficulty getting in touch with it. You can use it on the emotion of an urge, like the urge you experience to eat a chocolate chip cookie at 6 p.m. after a day's work, when you said that you will not be having cookies. If you can't clearly see that urge in your body, then follow these steps to clarify it in your brain. Other emotions can be empathy, it can be joy, love, peace. It can be amusement, gratitude, confidence, pride, enthusiasm, hope, anticipation. Pick any emotion that you want that's towards the positive side of the spectrum. You can even pick more neutral emotions, ones that don't carry that much weight for you. Maybe what you thought once was a neutral emotion becomes a very charged emotion because you thought it didn't have any effect on you because you couldn't recognize it in your body. But through this exercise, you started to get in touch with it better. And you'll be able to use it to your advantage from now on if you need it. Again, remember, human beings take all actions from emotion. If we don't recognize our emotions, then we're mostly stuck in inaction. I do recommend that in the beginning you do this process with more positive or neutral emotions. And don't go directly to exploration of negative emotions because sometimes it can trigger a trauma response. And the whole process will shut down really quickly if that happens. And in that case, I don't want you to think that this process is ineffective. Because it's not. It's an extremely effective process. We just sometimes have to work our way up to extremely charged negative emotions. Like outrage, anger, hatred, and other things like that. So the premise is that you describe an emotion with as much of a detail as possible. And previously I've taught you guys that you describe it in terms of sensation. Without being in your thoughts too much. If you're rationalizing an emotion, you're saying sentences after sentences. Bring yourself back to your body and scan your body. Describe it in terms of sensations like you would if you were explaining it to a robot. That has been my usual teaching. Today we do it a little differently, and we personify it. And again, the reason we do it is because the more vivid details you're able to describe it in, the easier it will be for you to anchor it the next time, and you can immediately recognize it when you experience it in your body. So, for the example of curiosity, it came to my attention that I was not very well in touch with this emotion because I kept getting confused. My brain would immediately go to, I don't know the answer. And it seemed like a solid fact to me. I don't know is a thought. It's not a fact. So, in order for me to step out of this confusion and go into curiosity, I had to invite curiosity in and embody it. Otherwise, I would have no hope of discovering answers. So the first step of this process is to ask yourself, what is the emotion that I'm trying to get in touch with? 
Which emotion will help me in this situation? It could be humor, inspiration, wonderment. After you identify what emotion you want to personify, the next step is to start asking yourself these questions. What would this emotion look like if it was a person? When I asked this question about curiosity, immediately I started to feel spacious in my body. What is the gender? What's the height? What's the body type? What's the personality type? For me, the answer was that curiosity is a bubbly little girl. Then ask yourself, how would this emotion carry herself if she was a human being? For me, curiosity was always asking questions. She is always inquisitive. Her most commonly used language is why, how, what, and the like. She is this proud little girl that never ages, and with every questions of curiosity she asks, her innocence grows. So at this point, I started to see this curiosity as a person clearly. And if I had to give it a face, my brain said curiosity looks exactly like my daughter. Never gets tired of asking questions. Doesn't get bothered if the answer takes a long time to come or doesn't come at all. She is not disappointed if she doesn't get the right answer or she gets the answer she wasn't expecting. This curiosity is open to learning just for the sake of learning and doesn't get bothered if no answer comes. To her, the process of curiosity is more enjoyable than the answer to the question. So to me, curiosity is this bubbly little girl who is just curious for the sake of it. It is not attached to the answers or outcomes. It carries no motives or agenda other than asking the question. That in itself was a fascinating discovery for me because I was bogging myself down trying to find the right answer. And when I couldn't find the answer, I was constantly indulging in confusion that I don't know and I need more information. Then I would consume more courses, videos, and the like. When the answer was really in front of me, I could just let the process unfold and the answer will reveal itself. Now, this might sound woo-woo to some of you, but it's only because our rational brain is overfed and overactive. Rationality lives in the opposite part of the brain than curiosity. The rational brain doesn't want to wait for answers. It wants them now. Ironically, when we think that our rational brain is the smartest part about us, it cannot create curiosity. Because everything created at one point was new. It had to be discovered. There was no previous evidence of its existence. I always give an example of a chair because it's simple. Who thought of a chair and to put it on four legs? Who thought that it should be able to swivel around and have lumbar support? Who thought that it should have wheels for us to easily move it around? Someone who was curious and wanted to create something that wasn't there. Rational mind is good to give you rational answers like 2 plus 2 equals 4. It will give you answers that have already been discovered before. Curiosity will give you creative answers, like the swivel chair on wheels. It is so much fun and comfortable to sit on. <laughs> Interestingly enough, this is an exact process that occurs when we activate our right side of the brain, which is the more creative side. If we attempt too hard to find an answer, we end up activating the left side or the rational side of the brain. The right side or the creative side of the brain presents answer to you in a more piecemeal fashion, which is less predictable. If we are used to getting immediate answers, this process can be extremely uncomfortable, especially for the hyperlogical side of us. Okay, so this was a little bit of a neurobiological explanation. Now back to the personification. This was just a method behind the madness, if you will. <laughs> so when I started to clearly see that this little girl in her pure essence is my curiosity, she is in complete exploration mode because she just can't contain her curiosity. 
I started to experience it better in my body. Then it occurred that curiosity to me feels like cool flickers of blue light inside of my head, and it's spacious like the universe, and it's flickering like fireflies. This made me realize that curiosity is more inherently rewarding and pleasurable than the answer ever could be, which led me to directly enjoy the process of being curious. Then I started to make a spacious house in my brain for this curiosity to live in. I mean, if it is as big as the universe, it's going to need a big house. This house is big and bright and clean and comfortable and cozy, and it's welcoming. And this little girl, the curiosity, finds it extremely welcoming. It finds my body extremely hospitable and gracious. If you don't have a daughter or children, then don't be confused about the process. You can use somebody else. You can utilize this process using any movie character or any person that you have a positive attachment with. And you're welcome to borrow my description if you like. You can use your son as a description. Maybe he's always turning rocks, catching bugs, getting himself muddy right after taking a shower. Maybe your curiosity is best personified with his image. Or a cartoon. Maybe it's a non-human object altogether. Maybe your curiosity is described by a lava lamp with matter bubbling around haphazardly, looking like it's aimless, but always moving, always exploring. Or it's like an Etch-a-Sketch artist, spending hours and hours moving around the dials, creating a masterpiece just for the sake of it, just for it to be scrambled away in one shake. The artist is interested in the process of making the picture, just like curiosity is interested in the process of exploring. The artist is not interested in preserving the result. Curiosity personified is interested in asking questions for the sake of asking questions, not for the sake of getting answers. It's kind of like going on a long drive just to enjoy the scenery and to drive around for the purpose of driving without having a destination in mind. When you detach yourself from the destination, that's when curiosity can really blossom. When you're not interested in figuring out the answer is when, ironically, the answer reveals itself. I know it's counterintuitive, but that's exactly how it works. You think curiosity is about finding a right answer. It's not. It's about letting the answer reveal itself. It happens because just through the process of pure creativity, you go into a state of flow. And the left side of the brain that constantly bogs us down with perpetual mind chatter quiets down. So then we can hear the voice of our intuition and inherent wisdom. When you experience curiosity in its full spectrum in your body, in which case sometimes the answer comes to you right away, and sometimes it comes five minutes later, or an hour later, or a week later in the shower. When you're too attached to finding the answer, you're always judging your inability to get the answer. And this judgment is the prime example of the monkey mind. This vivid description I provided here serves as an anchor every time I'm trying to tap into curiosity. I don't have to do this process all over again. My brain has a memory of what the sensation of curiosity was in the body from my previous experience, and I can quickly tap into it as a resource to fuel my creativity whenever I need it. I use this method while I paint. I use it while I create new programs and workshops for my coaching. Because what I provide at Islamic Life Coach School has never been done before. I'm creating a composite of science and medicine, positive psychology, spirituality, neuroscience, and traditional Islamic teachings. It is a totally unique and life-changing technique, and my rational mind could never get me there. 
because it's not something that's been done before. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love my rational mind. I need it to get me answers to basic questions. It makes my life super easy. But it does not have all the answers. I use this method of curiosity to even treat patients in the hospital when they're sick and medical explanation just won't give an answer. Curiosity is highly encouraged in Islam in the seeking of knowledge. There are multiple narrations of a hadith where this process is heavily emphasized. Quran heavily emphasizes the need for intellectual investigation using your heart, your core, your qalb. I love curiosity. It is my best friend. I love using it and I love having it as an anchor in my body. So just as a side note, by anchoring I mean easily recognizing the sensations of an emotion in the body. When you're able to anchor something, you're able to save yourself a lot of time next time you need it. Maybe you need to do it once and practice it a few times, but once you can access it, it becomes easy for you to get answers instead of spinning in confusion and wasting time. If you're trying to take action and you don't know why you're unable to, try and personify the emotion that you think will help you in this situation. Chances are you're just not in touch with it. Go through each useful emotion that you can think of that you want to capitalize on and start to personify it. Give it characteristics and details and be creative with the process. Don't hold back. Don't worry about being right or wrong. There is no right answer. Whatever answer comes to you is the right answer. Describe it just the way it comes to you and don't second guess your answers. It might look like I'm asking you to do a lot of work in the front end when you're creating this, but it will save you time when you're trying to access this information the next time and for the rest of your life. To me, curiosity as it applies to my life is a type of ibadah. It's a type of a prayer. I create what serves Muslim women so that they can make the best out of their lives. It helps me stay on the path of ihsan, constant striving. And then I fall on my face by making mistakes. And then I get up and dust off and I do it all over again. Because I love being curious, which I discovered just through this process. With that, I pray that may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us wisdom to utilize the highest part of our brain for curiosity and creativity so that we can serve ourselves, serve humanity and the Muslim ummah, so that we can perform the ultimate act that we are sent to do on this earth, which is to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I pray for all of you to create a high level of relationships with your emotions through your thoughts. Please keep me in your du'as. I will talk to you guys next time. Hey. Are you thinking about coaching? I invite you to a complimentary consultation with me where I can help you define the solution to your problem, regardless if you choose to work with me in the Empowered Muslim Women program or not. So you really have nothing to lose. Access the appointment link through the show notes and inshallah, I will see you there.